Welcome to another episode of the Female Guides Requested Podcast. I'm your host, Tingting, from Las Vegas. Today's guest is Cat Porter, also known as Cat McKittens, the Queen of the Mountain. We connected through the AMGM members' Facebook group, and I scored an interview with her when she came to Red Rock for work in April. Cat is based in Maryland, where her family resides, but she often travels more than six months a year for work and play. She started her career in climbing as a competition climbing coach and had trained athletes at the national level. Her love for the outdoors brought her to guiding and her passion for high mountains led her to the pursuit of the PIN, that is IFMGA Mountain Guide Certification. Kat's energy was radiant. From the conversation, I also sensed how organized and determined she is. She told me about her research interviewing senior guides to plot her plan, her love and realizations about a career in guiding, and her superpower of falling asleep in airports and on airplanes. I had so much fun during this interview, and I believe you will enjoy it too. Hi! <laughs> oh, right. I have to speak. I can't just wait. That's yeah. right. It's not YouTube. <laughs> it is video. an audio medium. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'm glad that you connect with me. So where did you find me originally? I, I found you on the AMGA, the Facebook professional page, where you posted about this podcast. Um, and I think you mentioned that you were looking to interview people. And I saw you're in Vegas and I was flying out to Vegas for for work and... That's when I reached out. Great. And um, so I have to confess that well, since you reach out, um, it's it's uh, you are something that I also have no idea <laughs> <laughs> to start with. You know, I usually when I start this podcast, I interview a lot of my friends. Yeah. So I know a lot of them. But, you know, it's nice to venture out to people that I just have no idea and to learn about their journey. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, well, your name first? <laughs> sure. Um, my name is Kat Porter, but everyone calls me Kat McKittens. All right. So <laughs> I was actually wondering that because I, you know, I have two cats. You just mm -hmm. greeted them and I look at your name. I say, wait a second. Is that a real name? I joke that it's Hecka Scottish, um, but it, that's not true. Uh, my career... I've been in the climbing industry for about 10 years. A lot of that was coaching and working with kids. And of course, you know, a couple years ago, Facebook was more popular and they would try to follow me and message me. Um, and uh, that was that was just, a, you know, keeping things world separate, you know, for professionalism and safety. So I was talking to my friend. Um, who's a teacher at the time, and I was like, ah, the, the, my, my, my athletes keep trying to find me on Facebook, and they're like, oh, just change your name. Okay, that's and, brilliant. Uh, she was, <laughs> uh, and then I just was at the working the front desk at the gym, and I changed it to McKittens because I thought that was funny and silly, and then it just stuck, and most people think that's my real last name at this point. <laughs> Good, because when I was talking to my husband, I was just like, I don't know what is her 
real name, right? <laughs> and then I even Google. I just say it's McKitton's real last name. Yeah, you know? it's really confusing. But actually, the, the most silliest part is my full title is Cat McKitton's Queen of the Mountains. Mountains, <laughs> which okay. is the title I got when I was uh, in charge of summer camp um, for like five gyms worth of kids. We would. Uh, it was. It was a. It was a fun, hot mess of a, <laughs> of a okay. time. And we would label the helmets. Everyone would get a nickname. We told it, one, to make sure we could, like, keep track of the kids, but two, also so that they did, if someone had lice, they didn't share it, which was a problem we had at one point. So we turned it into a game, and one group, labeled, like, nicknamed me. I made the joke, like, what do you call a pile of kittens? A pile of kittens. Okay. They're a mountain. <laughs> mountain. Okay. Uh, so I told Great. them that joke, and they called me Queen of the Mountain, and that was on my very first helmet, which I wore until I had to retire it, and that I just love it so much. <laughs> I see. So um, when we just met at that brief chat, you were talking about that you want to be a mountain guide, or do you want to be a mountain? Guide? Ooh, I would love to be a mountain guide. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> get my mountain guide certifications. <laughs> I mean, you, it could be a real thing, you know. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Right? So then, maybe uh, remind me of: Have you a client in Indian Creek? I have briefly. Um, okay. Where... They have this cat wall. Yeah, the cat wall. Oh. Yeah, and there's cat mat hat here. Um, there's many good cat themed climbs out there, yeah. and I do try to seek them out because I think it's fun. <laughs> it is fun, though. I mean, you know, I love cats, but I- I'm not gonna turn this into a park cast meow i don't know even how to make out the word <laughs> i need to think about that mm-hmm. um so well this this podcast asks you more about guiding yes okay luckily i do do that as well <laughs> great so can you tell me a little bit about your well how did you start guiding or you start climbing or skiing or whatever that yeah. you do? yeah um so uh i've been in the industry for about 10 years um i started uh coaching um you know competitive youth athletes ages 6 to 18 through the usac like climbing program so you have like regionals divisionals nationals all of that for bouldering ropes and and now speed as well um and that was super rewarding um but i loved climbing outside and i that's how i would recharge from the burnout of working in a gym and like kind of refresh my love of climbing um, I think if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, but also if what you love becomes work, it can be a hard balance. And I know every guide I speak to have their own ways of finding that balance. And for me outside was where I felt refreshed. And that's when I joined the, we called it the outdoor school for earth treks, which is now movement. Um, and that's oh, how okay. I got my first start, um, guiding outside just on like the weekends when there wasn't a competition so it's called uh, uh affiliated with the gym mm-hmm. okay. uh, it's closed down now um covid took a number on everybody even um, earth track i thought it's big it is big now yeah uh-huh. um but that was like kind of right in the transition where you know we went from the owner to then being an investment corporation to now what it is which is huge. It's crazy. Yeah. I still work there um, super part-time just like as a private coach and stay connected to the community that I love. But I definitely, in the last two, three years, I made the transition to guiding full-time out- outside with a variety of different companies. And that's been really fun. With a variety of 
different companies. Mm-hmm. How many companies? Because <laughs> I saw in one of your Instagram posts, say, mm-hmm. oh, I start from zero job to eight jobs. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Eight jobs. How did you juggle? Um, part of it was necessity because um, uh, I had to step down from coaching because I was in the hospital for a couple weeks. Oh, what happened? Um, it was... Uh, not to go into too many details, it's okay, just yeah. autoimmune issues, and oh. uh, but obviously the program had to keep going, so they right. had to hire somebody. And when I got better, I couldn't just like kick them out and be like, "I'm back." Um, but that was a hard time in my life because I loved coaching and I still do. Um, but I kind of had to reexamine what I wanted to do next, and um, I just had a couple opportunities for guiding, and I think. When I had a chance to slow down, I think like a lot of people did um, during COVID and like actually think about where I'm going and what I'm doing, I realized that I'd kind of been getting in my own way. Like, I don't know. I didn't think I was good enough to be a full-time guide outside. I didn't think I was strong enough. I didn't, I didn't even, like, I didn't let myself conceive it. And then all of a sudden when everything slowed down and I started really thinking about what I wanted, I wanted to guide high peaks. I wanted to be in the mountains. I loved ice climbing. I loved doing these things on my own and I love teaching. And they, that made me pursue the path that I'm on now. Why did you think you're not strong enough? I can see that a lot of people, I talked to a lot of female guys, they were, they all have different doubts, you know, not strong enough or don't feel like they can manage the technical systems or they, um, whatever, or the family issue or stuff or social expectation. But for me, that you train climbing camps, and I know that you also participate in camp, camps yourself. So supposedly, <laughs> I don't know how hard you climb, but at least you climb more than they require in all those AMG programs. So what do you, why do you think they are not strong enough? I think, I mean, that's probably a, like imposter syndrome and self-doubt that I carry. Um, I know my experience is not unique, but I was the only female coach and I was the only female ice guide and I was the only female guide for a while. I, you know, I was the only, you know, that, and that changed over time, which was wonderful. Okay. So even climbing coaches, the female is a minority. Yeah. Okay. For sure. And it's gotten so, so much better. Um, But it's still like, you know, when I was, I was barely 20. So, you know, I'm still, I was pretty young mm-hmm. and trying to find myself overall. And then to just come in and see these guys like sending like 13s. And I was like, I don't, am I, can I be a guy? <laughs> you know? Um, and I think as soon, I, I, I joke that as a coach, most of my job is helping people get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just had to start doing that for myself. And then, yeah, once I started digging deeper and looking at to the full requirements, cause I didn't even think to get into like pursue, you know, my rock guide or ice guy, you know, I didn't think about it cause I just thought of the people who I knew had it and I thought I wasn't them. And when I started reading it, I was like, wait, I actually have done all those things and I can do all those things. So <laughs> It's just, yeah, have to get out of your own way sometimes. I see. And you mentioned about courses. You say you have done your SBI. Mm-hmm. You have done Rock Guy course. So I'm doing that in the fall. I oh, you're for doing... the Women's Affinity Program here. 
So hopefully I'll get that. Oh, so it's、um, in the fall, October, in Rara potentially.、Mm-hmm. So you probably come back. I hope so. Yeah,、okay. <laughs> it's so much fun climbing out here. I love any excuse to come back. <laughs> nice. And then you also mentioned that eventually you're shooting for your pin, which means the fall mountain guy, IFMG guy. Yeah, so guy, you have which, rock,、mm-hmm. you have ice alpine, and the ski. Yeah. So. That's pretty quick from not feeling strong enough to like shooting. So I think I'm gonna get my pin. <laughs> well, I I, think, I mean, what's the transition there? I think the transition is that I have been pursuing like I want to do high peaks on my own. So I've been training like Mount Marcy and Mount Washington. Hopefully to translate to Denali、um, in the fall, moving down to New Zealand just so I can be around lots of. Hopefully, you never know what can happen in the world. Um, but just because there's so many opportunities to work on like elevation, but at sea level,、um, and just try to—that's something I wanted for myself. And that I actually got to speak to a couple of when I was considering going for my pin. I interviewed and spoke to some really kind,、um, both female and male、uh, mountain guides, and just kind of asked them some basic questions like, "When did you start? What's your favorite part? What's hard?" You know, just so I could get an idea before I started pursuing it. If it's something I even wanted to do. Interesting. Who have you talked to? Oh my goodness, I'd have to pull up all the names.、Uh, okay, so yeah, actually, have talked quite yeah people. I like to do research before I set a goal, but、right. the more I talk to them, the more it felt right. And I mean, I think it's good to have goals, but it's also good to pivot if it doesn't、right. line up. But for right now, everything seems to be lining、mm. up to keep going. So, what kind of questions do you ask them? Um, I liked. I like to understand. Like, when did you start? Because I'm, I'm 31 right now, and I was wondering, is that too late? Which is, you know, also me getting in my own head, right?、Um, and like, kind of on average,、um, you know, how did, did they get assistance for the program? Like, did they get scholarships or basically how they paid for it? Because I told them the map. It's about like over thirty thousand. Dollars to、mm-hmm. just pay for the courses themselves, let alone the travel, the time away from work to take it, and all that. And that's a pretty steep price,、uh, <laughs> at least for what I get as a guide currently. And I know as you go up in the certifications, that also increases the potential for income and、mm-hmm. and stuff. But so you ask about age, you ask about financial、mm-hmm. uh, situation, and some of their like favorite parts, what they see as like the harder parts. How they see that balancing with their like personal life, whether that be if they have their own family or if like have kids or just staying in touch with you know their own friends and families, because it is hard. I've I've know that when I'm out, I can I'm gone for like up to two months because I love Maryland, but there's not a lot of rocks there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I travel a lot, and you know, it just takes me time away from my. My family,、okay. who all live in in Maryland as well. So with all those conversations, what what's the I I don't know how to ask this question. It's like is that a graduate point or is somebody just like oh they say something you're like yeah I'm doing the right decision right now or right I'm on my right path right now. I think it just it felt right that. The people I was speaking to, not only they gave me encouragement and confidence that they said, even based on my answers, that I was thinking about it logically, that this wasn't a whim, you know,、um, that、uh, 
you know, I think the best piece of advice is that if it, you ever feel like you're forcing yourself to get those resume needs, um, like it's feeling forced and you're just doing it to do it, you probably should look in a different direction. You should be doing it because you want to do those things that also happen to equate towards getting those certifications, hmm. which I thought was really good advice. Interesting. Well, and then you just found that post that you post on the AMGAF. Facebook group. I kind of vaguely remember you. Yeah, that's where I started. I was just like, I was saying, I just introduced myself. I was so nervous. I I looked over that post over and over again. Um, And then many people reach out to you. Yeah. Wow. I think because I I realized and why this podcast was so cool to me is like, I, for a long time, I really didn't have mentors. I got, I'd had mentors when I started and they're all really amazing. Like Jeff Mascaro, who does Smile Mountain Guides, was my one of my very first, and he laid a great foundation for me. Um, and then uh, East Outdoors um, is like the current company in the local area I work with, and Tim and Uni are great. But I was seeking for, you know, just to continue to learn and grow more. And I just, I love knowing I don't know everything. <laughs> you know, I like being the the little fish in a big pond because that's how that's how you grow right um and i think for a while i just was kind of bumping up on the resources i had and that's why i started to seek them out and the community rallied um even dale wrote back um you know yeah yeah he wrote me a really amazing email that i still need to reply to um you know with very thoughtful answers and i just gave me support and confidence where i think I just needed that little push. Nice. Wow. That's great. Because I was always wondering, like, you know, when people post this, like, so how many responses they get. And then you actually got, like, you know, according to you, it seems like you got a lot of amazing responses. I really did. And then they gave you encouragement. They told you about their past and maybe some realities. Yeah, yeah. They also, you know, like, because I think the first thing they want to do is, like, make sure... You're not going in like disillusion, like, oh my God, I love rock climbing. It's guiding, passion. guiding is the perfect job. There's never, you know, you're outside all the time. You're like, well, yes, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, just that, I think, um, I think you're like listening to Tracy in the, mm-hmm. the episode previously. It's just like how you can make it work, but you have to be both creative um, have like support for sure. It's all about the community, which I believe is amazing in the climbing world. Um, life-changing family really. Uh, and then just being okay with less, like living, you know, just not expecting, you know, the mansion or whatever. Um, and then you can't make it work. Not a lot of y'all expect mansion anyway. I I hope hope (laughs) not. (laughs) Right. Let's come back a little bit. Tell me like your work experience about your age jobs oh. <laughs> oh yeah I mean not all of them are climbing but a lot of a lot of them are um so I still work at the gym and I do a couple like coaching uh, uh yeah I still do like some private coaching and I I love I love working with kids so I basically take any excuse to work the youth programs um one of my favorite things I got to do last summer was take some of um, the athletes I used to coach to the New River Gorge mm-hmm. and you know these are national level climbers and watching them you know I know. Wrestle their way through clipping outdoors and just translate. I can't, my favorite line that they kept quoting back, I was like, yeah, skin is sometimes a limiting factor. It's not your strength. It's like, how does your skin hold up? And they were like, 
<laughs> they like blew me off the first day and then by day three they're like oh skin is the limiting factor <laughs> oh, okay so they realized that so you told them about yeah yeah, oh, yeah. okay so, i mean yeah. i think they're they're amazing kids but it was just so funny like they until you get you climb outside you don't really understand how much Definitely. how precious skin is <laughs> it's a very precious resource uh and oh my god those kids are great and i was throwing them on you know like 12 g's and all these other things and they were they were having a blast and i love that um, other jobs, I work for um, East Outdoors, like I said. That's a local Maryland spot. I do contracts here and there if people need me. It's kind of just like a hodgepodge of jobs that people hear about me locally, and I'll just take them out to do whatever. Um, I'm now associated with the She Sends Collective in Colorado. Oh, what, what does it say? So what, that's yeah. um, Chelsea um, founded that, I think, in 2020. So now it's about three years old. And that's, um, it's amazing. It's both, like, female and genderqueer climbers. Okay. Um, started in Colorado, but trying to spread out. So I know we're hopefully going to get stuff going in the New River Gorge soon, which will be nice commute for me. So uh, she sends mm-hmm. collective. So it's about climbing then. Yeah. They use sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm going to go out at the end of April for the We Send uh, event where they'll have like, uh, okay. it's a like women, gender, queer, I mean, and Flash Foxy, I'm associated with that. So similar to that kind of just, um, how a company started as women and now it's grown into include so much more about basically any minority in climbing. Yes. Right. And I think, um, I'm part of the, I'm, I mean, the admins at the, the local queer climbing group. Baltimore Career Climbers um, is such a passionate group in my local area. Um, I like to tag in to help facilitate outdoor trips as a volunteer. Um, to just because the I've I've been discriminated against for being queer as well in in oh. some senses, very minimal, but every once in a while. Um, and I just hopefully want to change the landscape there too. <laughs> yeah, once you mentioned that, um, so, uh, well, I personally am not genderqueer. I identify myself as female. Um, but I always wondering, um, so I know a little bit about Nikki Smith. I know. She, she I, I got have... to meet her at the Ice Festival in the Adirondacks. Okay. She's amazing. And I, I heard a lot of podcasts of her. And so, and I also, Instruct as one of my SPI students also in that group, and then I also got going to have one. And I was just like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to be open, and then, but is there anything that I should know in order to better support them? I think, I mean, I'm I'm not genderqueer myself, I'm just queer. So I, just, <laughs> okay. I like guys and girls. <laughs> right. And um, when I was dating a girl at the time, I experienced uh, some friction um, in the climbing world sometimes. Um, but so many more wonderful people, um, as far as, you know, our trans members of our community and stuff. Um, I think if I may humble myself to try to share what I, what I have learned is just kind of, I mean, it's, it's the cool thing is they just want to be treated like people, right? They just, just treated with respect and, you know, and just being included as they, so they can come as they are. I I mean, certainly I was like, um... I guess my question is, I'm trying to, well, just like everybody's a human being. Yeah. That's kind of like the baseline. But I'm worried that I might think about that and then feeling like I'm treading gingerly and walk on eggshell and just afraid I might say something wrong to offend people. 
But then it seems like it's another form of oh, where you're like kind of overcorrecting, yes, and then、exactly. they can feel the tension and the stress that you have, which is also not fun, right? I think one one way that I try to think about it is like the intention. If you happen to misgender somebody, or you know, slip up on on their pronouns, or you know, their name if they've changed it, it's just a matter of acknowledging it,、um, being like, "Oh my, yeah, hey, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot, thank you," and then using the correct right and not making it a big deal, but just doing your best and having an intention to meet them as beautiful, awesome humans that they are. Just like everyone is, right? Yes. Yeah. I guess I just have to be more relaxed. You know,、yeah. I'm treating them like just a human being. I, I should be fine. I like. <laughs> I think just outside of just you know, it's like remembering anybody's name, right? Or if I don't use your, <laughs> I mean, hey, if you just like, can you can just? I think it's just you know using more blanket statements too.、Mm-hmm. I think it is mindful to think about that they have additional barriers, just like. Any minority group has is still important.、Um, using your voice that you do have to help protect them when they, you know, may not. So, so you know, voting with your voice, stuff like that, I think is really important.、Um, and just being mindful that, hey, yeah, if you're hosting an event in maybe certain states that they might not feel as safe to attend, things like that. It's just being thoughtful and empathetic. But I feel like we should do that for everybody. Right, so it's just continuing to extend that in all ways. Yeah, I think. Yeah, thank you for your suggestion. I just have to be relaxed. Yeah, yeah, and and just I don't know, be be kind,、um, be empathetic, and show. I my my cheesy thing、um, is I truly believe in people. I don't know if I have a huge spiritual side, but I truly believe in people, and that I believe if you work on yourself. And try to make yourself as kind as empathetic as possible. Then that's every, that's what you're bringing to every interaction. And therefore, you can make the world better by changing yourself, which is kind of the only thing you can control.、So. True. Yeah, that's nice. And you also mentioned that you came here. You also work a little bit, right?、Mm-hmm. So what what did you do, and which which、oh. job is that?、Um, so this job was Explore Chicks, which is Explore、um, Chicks. It's a more of a like an adventure vacation company. That's、um, climbing specifically, but we do have some climbing programs.、Um, Wait a second, I might have worked with them. Before you might have, I mean,、um, with the mountain guides. Yeah.、Oh, okay. Yeah. So we we come we come up and like usually we go to I think it's the Panty Wall and Red Rocks and stuff. You know, just because it's the most of them is their very first、yes. time. So you start with kind of the easier single pitch. You know, five fun de- kind of day.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really like that company honestly because I get to mom moms <laughs> is the shorthand because it's a lot of people coming from you know transitioning a career and. Um, or you know, I think women are often in caretaker roles, whether、mm-hmm. that being a mother or taking care of their parents or taking care of their partner. And on these trips, I like to see them rediscover themselves, and then I get to like make meals for them. I get to surprise them. I get to mom the moms, and take them to really cool, amazing places. And that one isn't strictly climbing,、um, but they it does allow me to travel a lot, and I usually. I'm able to do、Tech、other programs on well, yeah, I see. either for my own personal fun or、um, I've even been able to like add contracts on as well, and that's really helps with the the financial side of traveling. <laughs> Great. 
And so, what's your plan? So, since you have talked to so many, I don't know whether they are foster mountain guides or maybe going to be、mm-hmm. mountain guides. What, what do you have like a roadmap for yourself? I I do have at least for the next year.、Um, I find trying to plan outside of that kind of impossible because so many things can change.、Um, but I have this season plenty of climbing and、um, other trips a guide plans throughout until end of September,、uh, and then I will be hopefully in my rock guide course here in early October, and then hopefully going out to New Zealand. I got my work visa, so hopefully I'll be able to chance to. Climb internationally, connect with other guides in other countries because I feel like that's the important thing to do as the international part of the mountain guides.、Uh, and then in the winter, I think I have things lined up to work、um, at a hostel and ice climbing, guiding, and hopefully associate with like a ski resort、um, in New Hampshire to be able to play on the ice and snow for those that side of things. Yeah, I think one thing. Even you mentioned that Maryland doesn't have a lot of rock, but one thing good in, about East Coast is they have different seasons.、Mm-hmm. So you can climb rock, you can climb ice, you can do a little mountaineering. Yeah, too. And I'm really excited to be closer to Mount Washington because that's like that's it's a good area to practice skills on a like kind of a smaller, slightly smaller scale. To then you can take the condition to... can be really. Fierce, yeah, but like it, like just being aware of avalanche. Like I took my airy one, and just being aware of those kind of elements. Reading, you know, basically, yeah, just reading the snow, reading the conditions, being mindful of your human biases and fallacies that can cause potentially cause those kind of catastrophic decisions that just start with one small thing that then dominoes, right? And I think. I try to say. I always try to tell my mom I do dumb things as smartly as I can. <laughs> That's a, a very interesting expression. Yeah, I just yeah. try to do dumb things smartly. I mean, dumb in all sorts of quotation marks, because <laughs> I think it's fun and amazing and so, so, like the best thing you can do.、Um, but my mom, I've definitely given her every gray hair she has. <laughs> wow. So how's your Family. So you mentioned about your mom looking at your career choice. I'm I'm really lucky that they've been only supportive.、Um, you know, I I started with college and then I was public policy guided. Public policy. Yeah. So kind of like poli sci and econ mixed together. I w- I wanted to try to help the most people by changing laws to help benefit them. Yes. And then I got into politics and. I was strongly disenchanted and quickly realized that was not for me. <laughs> okay,、uh, and then I,、uh, my friend introduced me to、uh, climbing at the local gym, and I went one day, and then I climbed for six hours until I had every finger taped up. Oh, maybe the skin is yes,、yeah. the issue. It, skin is a limiting <laughs> factor there.、Uh, I had tape all over my fingers, and I was I bought a harness and a membership, and I came back every day for three months, and they're like, hey. You're here. Do you want a job?、And、I was like, yes, I would love that. So did you see you so often that yeah, last word is hire. She's like, she's like, we can't get rid of her. We might as well hire her, I guess. <laughs> and then it just kind of took off from there. Although I think I, I mean, climbing trees and stuff is you know traditional, but I think my my real start to adventure climbing was probably college. I called it buildering, where I would climb buildering. The,、oh, I would、okay. climb all the buildings、mm-hmm. around my school late at night. After my friends went to sleep, and I had a blast. <laughs> and you still had your skin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily they were bricks and they were pretty lengthy.、Okay. You know,、yes. like five four, maybe five three. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> Mostly joking, but <laughs> but it's very fun. I just like being a, a pie, however I could. And then I found out that rock climbing was a thing, and it was it was over. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you certainly have a lot of sight. That's kind of nice. I miss that when I was younger. <laughs> I had way more sight when I was younger, but now I'm like jaded. How do you? Oh, I'm starting to interview you back. But have you found ways that have helped you manage burnout and like kind of do those resets when you find that that you know maybe you're getting a little you know cranky on those days where you're like, oh god, I gotta belay another person and uh." (laughs) I don't know. Um, well, I have to say that sometimes before work I just like oh, I don't really want to go to work but usually they never disappoint because I enjoy working with people and and people are very nice so everything is like a little bit different and a lot of time I worry about my own climbing because when you guy when you are so busy then your own climbing doesn't happen you just kind of fade in the background yeah so I mean do you find that too um, yeah, I think especially when I was coaching and guiding, um, on top of each other, that's when I saw both my psych and my personal climbing kind of falter the most. And um, what do you do? I mean, now I'm like, what I, what I did is, back yeah, no, what I ended up doing was I, you know, had to like really self-examine and then I ended up like trimming back some of the hours, um, so that you I mean could, like the work hours. Yeah. So I trimmed back my hours a little bit, um, and just so one, my body could recover, mm-hmm. um, definitely, and so that way I could, you know, go out and play because that's the fun. You know, I, I love mean, helping other people, but yes, I also really love my own climbing. So. Definitely, it seems I, I mean, everybody, I not just um, struggle but self care. They um play time with work, right? It's not like they don't want to work for other people, but then also you work for yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, making it a priority, which it can be in in the grind of life and other things. It can be easy to forget that. But how your happiness and well-being is a priority. And mm-hmm. if you don't take care of that, it will affect everything else, you know. Then I actually have a question for you. It's actually for my arm. Is, so you train kids, right? So you definitely, well, you take them climbing and then you probably, do you like train them in some sort of like training, this, like some training programs, say with drills, strength training, and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a full rounded program. So um, say if you are so busy guiding, do you, can you still fit a training pro- program for yourself? For I your have own? so far. Okay, yeah. so how, how do you manage to, to um, do that? I think it was actually really cool. I'm I'm bummed I don't remember the, the name of this guide, but I noticed he had um, on his blog, he posts uh, kind of like a spreadsheet about... Okay. The, his time um, guiding on rock and then his personal time. He kind of gives metrics for all of that. And when I started doing that and I kind of logged like, okay, once it's hard when I'm on these like long distance travels, like I'm going to be in Peru for all of July. So things are going to have to pivot a little bit. But I try to do lifting at least once a week, if not twice a week. Um, I have my PT time set aside. <laughs> Big fan of prehab instead of rehab, because as soon as you're broken, everything stops for a while. Um, And I know we all have had plenty of those, and they suck. Uh, And then 
just keeping it fun. I think uh, one of the best things is having a good training partner. So, training partner. So I have my friend Katie in um, back in Baltimore, and she she's just uh, if we're like it's she's so fun to train with. Like she works hard. She's okay showing up at like five a.m. to lift and do things before our day gets started. The type two fun that I think is fun, but not my general climbing gym friends aren't about that. They want a project. They don't want to do like four on four offs on the system board and then do, you know, hangs and then go lift and then maybe do, you know, (laughs) um, but that's that I also find fun in that. Let me uh, try the pair first and see what I get it right. So you mean that you were inspired by the spreadsheet? Yeah. So basically you're like, okay, here's what I need to guide. And here's what I have for my personal time. Well, that was how he presented it. But okay. I mean, for me, I like to keep track of that. And if ever I see one getting far greater than the other or outside of a given range, plus rest days, which are just as important because um, we only get stronger through rest. That's how muscles work. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I try to keep time. Because we can do loose things. Like you can loose do like thing. like loose check-ins. Like be like, oh, I don't know. I feel kind of tired, but it's probably okay. And then okay. you look back and like there's one time I realized I guided f- 42 days straight. And I was 42? Like, I was like, why do oh. I feel terrible? And I was like, maybe because of that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And you're like, oh. And just by kind of being more purposeful in your tracking and this maybe comes from coaching it's just like having goals it's all about setting goals understanding why you do what you do your reasons behind because that's dictates almost everything uh and then keeping track and how you keep track helps you kind of course correct are you on the right direction or are you you know getting lost somewhere else she's like journaling your yeah oh my god i love journaling okay (laughs) And I think those are good ways that we can hold ourselves accountable in the craziness that is life. Right. And how how you deal with, like, for example, um, some accidents in life. For example, you're just like, oh, sorry, I know, Diana, you don't want to work today, but I really need you to work today. Or something like, you know, friends just came in town and say, I think it's that's that comes down to how do you prioritize things as okay. I think shortly how you make decisions, right? You're like obviously, oh my gosh, like my like little cousin's birthday, definitely a priority. I don't wanna miss that, you know. <laughs> so then if, you know, my work reaches out and be like, Hey, sorry, I took off. Got I'm gonna be here for, you know, the birthdays. Um, because you don't get those back, you know. But on another day, you know, maybe I can I think being flexible um, is really important. Um, but you do have to hold your ground sometimes because it's so easy to just keep saying yes until you've worked 42 days straight. <laughs> it's also fun, right? We also mm-hmm. love what we do. Um, so sometimes it doesn't feel like work and I still have to remind myself that it is still taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I always like to explore is this role model and the mentor and mentoring things. And you have any role models? Like, you, like maybe some cool mountain guy somewhere or some climber somewhere that you look up to and want to be? I think one of uh, my more recent, but also I think I've followed her for a while, Arlene Bloom. Have you heard of her? Um, what does she do? Um, she's 
uh, it was a while ago, but she was part of the first female, all female ascent of Denali. Okay. They called themselves the Denali Damsels. That and was way back, right? Is it? Yeah, like okay. we, it was, I think they just celebrated either the 20th, 20th anniversary in 2020, so maybe it was 1980s that that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, she was one of the uh, first, Amer- I think the first American woman to summit Everest. Okay. So she, and she has a book that I'm currently reading through, so I'm not finished, um, but What's just, the title of the book? I have, well, I can look it up. Okay, just, yeah, sure. I would um, love to know that. Annapurna, a woman's oh, place. Annapurna. Uh, yeah, 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 I think I know that. Yeah, book. by um, now you mentioned about that. I do see. I yeah, I'm very bad with remembering. <laughs> but yeah, because I like in Red Ride, people say Ting Ting, and I was just like, darn, I forgot the names. But once they mentioned the client, remember you're everything. like, oh, right, 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 yeah, right, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard, especially. I think I feel that with guiding, where or when I was even working at the gym, I'll hear. I'll hear my name out of a random crack. They'll be like, oh my god, is that cat? I was like, hi! I don't remember your name, I'm sorry. And they're like, oh my god, do you remember? You taught me how, like, taught my, like, top rope ballet class in the gym. I was like, uh-huh, I definitely remember. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, sometimes I do, but sometimes you just, you teach so many people, you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> True, yeah. But I'm glad to see you out climbing. <laughs> definitely, I'm, right now I'm afraid people you just like, oh, you probably don't remember me. I was like, you are probably right. You're probably right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think I just, just the mentorship, mm-hmm. um, like that's my favorite part of coach. It's like seeing the progression. You yes. start, you know, starting to teach them how to belay and now they're at nationals or now they're, or maybe they're guys themselves. There's mm-hmm. now people that I taught like how to set up top ropes at summer camp and now they're rock guys it's of their own and it's just like whoa how did that happen <laughs> yeah so um, early in this conversation that you mentioned that you didn't have that many mentors so but then you are mentoring a lot of kids i yeah so then i'll just say how did that happen it's like is that because you don't try to seek out mentors or just... I have I mean that's why I posted on the I AGA see. Right. I, I certainly had at the beginning like I said Jeff Mascaro and Bill Dudley mm-hmm. and Harris and oh my god I had, and what did they do for you um I mean they literally taught me and how to do the things and they also Jeff believed in me when my supervisor didn't at the time in the gym that I did belong outside as a guide and that meant the world to me that was actually really weird to me i i mean it's unfortunately yeah. I've, I've, uh, that's not an isolated incident mm-hmm. but i know that any minority let alone i mean women i know have definitely but any minority has probably experienced barriers of at least some kind yeah because i was just like who can really judge somebody else doesn't belong to somewhere that's kind of my question i guess I, yeah I don't understand how they think. I just and I'm kind of grateful I don't. <laughs> I see. I just say it's not your F, but I mean, anyway, I'm not gonna curse on my show. Yeah. <laughs> I did see the clean marking on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, what do you think the most important thing? Um. Say being a mentor. Then, I think to me, I I saw it as a way. I'm in a, in a, in almost a, a like a po- positive way of someone to chase, 
like uh having a rival almost maybe is a good way but not quite but like just having someone to look up to and that you could even imagine yourself where they are right i mean seeing someone like you in that position i hadn't i didn't until this winter i never met another female ice guide Okay, so who did you... I met Nikki Smith and uh, Andrea. Oh, Andrea, Petra, yes. Who is, oh my God, very sweet. Unfortunately, the ice climbing community is where I've experienced the mo- most issues um, for my gender. Um, but I don't want to go down all of those rabbit holes. Um, but I'm really proud of how far we've come. And taking actions like seeing Nikki Smith come through and talk and sharing her story. Um, and then I was so excited to be able to help out for the second annual uh, Adirondacks Queer Ice Festival, so I just came out and assisted some already amazing people who set that up, you know, just trying to make spaces where, you know, (laughs) minority, not cis white dudes can feel comfortable in a sport where the ratios are still mostly skewed in that direction, you know. Yeah, because I imagine for you, say, all those kids... Like, you know, we, we all know climbers can come in different, say, strengths, weakness, and body type. And so you can be very different, but you can all climb really well. Oh, it's so right. cool to and see, right? Right, exactly. From every short length reach mm-hmm. type. So like when you mentor, how do you trying to tailor? Is that a word to... Oh, yeah, tailor. Okay. Um, or it's like them. individualized plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, that's like... That's such a tricky question because, I mean, mm. like so much of it is de- it depends on their age, their stage, and their goals. Um, their age, obviously, I'm going, the way I approach teaching a six-year-old is going to be different than an 18-year-old. Um, the stage is like their, cl- their training age, like, oh, maybe they're 18, but they only started climbing last year versus they're 18 and they've been climbing since they were sick, six, sorry. Um, and that's a very different, like the load that the tendons can take is much different. Their understanding is much different in terms of how to move their body specifically for this sport. Um, and then finally their goals. That's honestly the most important. And I think the coolest part is a lot of times the kids will help lead you, um, if you're listening and paying attention, um, cause it's all about what they want. If they want to make it to nationals, right there if their goals is just to be a strong climber or get outside or just be part of a team instead you know whatever it is you have to and then anything i'm giving them i try to tie back to that goal why are mm-hmm. we doing four by fours for the thousandth time? Hopefully, I don't try to do that. Thousand times, but four by fours are—they are a good bread and butter <laughs> training exercise, right? But like, it, you know, when it's how you show up on those rough days that really I think matters more than how you show up on the good days. Like showing up at all and just doing what you can, and the goals are what I think help you do that. You know. Yeah, can you elaborate that a little bit? So how you show on your rough days? So what did you see? So like, think about it like a training. So, like you can write, I write training plans. Mm-hmm. You can do a training plan. But maybe there's one day where your period is really crummy and you have really bad cramps or you didn't sleep well or something happened in your personal life, maybe a breakup or something happened in your family. And these are all very real things that affect your training and yourself. Um, and it's how you modify. I think the best thing you can do outside of like, obviously you're injured and you don't want to overtrain. Best thing you do is still show up for yourself because that's investing in you. And then you just augment. So maybe you're not 
doing the hardest workout ever if you're feeling compromised, like you didn't eat well, you didn't sleep well, but you're still doing something. Just show up. Just show up. And yeah, like uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you'll do the long approach to your project, uh, even though you don't think you're going to send it that day, but just so you can make some moves. And I think the... The, the two quotes that I think I carry and I keep on my phone and I look mm-hmm. at every morning is the first one is a promise to keep trying. Yes. Um, and that's, that's really what I try to instill in my athletes. It's like, it doesn't, winning is cool, but, and obviously feels great, but you lose a lot more than you win. Just like you fall a lot, so much more than you send. Definitely. If you're just in climbing for sending, you shouldn't be in the sport. <laughs> Or you're doing things that are too easy and you should try harder. You know, maybe that's a... That kind of <laughs> reminds me of this quote that I overheard from the gym that I go to, the head route center. They say, oh, they are not... They don't love climbing. They just love success. So Success, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's what you want, that's a different goal. And right. I, I can't... And I know plenty... And that's not bad either. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like the promise to keep trying and sh- keep showing up as best as you can with whatever you're dealing with. So I, like I messed up my ankle last year, obviously had to augment things. So, but I still try to show up and that on the wall, even on bad climbing days, I always try to tell myself that every move matters, um, that it's not getting to the top, but it's each information I'm getting of the movement. Maybe I placed my foot better this time. Maybe I kept my center of gravity closer. And honestly, at the end of the day, the mileage helped me build like strength and endurance, right? So even if I don't send it, I know that I at least got more information and I improved in some way. Definitely. As long as yeah. you're paying attention. You got to pay attention too. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely change your mindset to yeah. a certain so you will appreciate showing up. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I want to live by is I want to fall when I'm doing an upward motion. Yeah, not just letting go and getting yeah, up, yeah, right? Exactly. Falling yeah. while trying for a move. Exactly. There's sometimes I'll take the whip, though. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're just like, or my favorite, <laughs> my favorite is when you put in so many burns, I just like, dirt me. Dirt <laughs> me, please. Get me down. <laughs> Knowing when to, to quit and stop is also just as important. But <laughs> you shouldn't break yourself in any way. It's true, yeah. But to not try at all, I think, is the worst disservice you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. As long as it's something that you, you want. If you're doing it for someone else or, yeah, that's not going to last. But as long as it's something you want, just keep trying. Yeah. I mean, definitely if you're doing for some external motive, I mean, you probably last for a while for sure. But then um, um, eventually, I guess like a lot of people are doing both ways. Part of it external, oh, yeah. am I right? Part of it internal. So Yeah, there's everyone is a mix of extrinsic and mm-hmm. intrinsic. Mm-hmm. And that should be normal because the extrinsic, like my friend Katie... Helps me show up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. when I don't want to. Um, <laughs> maybe that day. Um, but you also, you can't just have extrinsic. That There's so many cool studies that I like reading. Um, you have to also have intrinsic. And that takes time and thought to cultivate. So, as your, say, your mountain guide track progresses... Do you think about you might relocate or like move somewhere else to work or something like that? Um, I don't see that outside of the question by any means. I certainly, I think I love traveling and I feel as soon as I get to the climbing community in whatever place I go, I feel like I'm at home. 
And the other joke I have is as long as I have my Nalgene and my flannel, it's home. Like those are the two, those are the two most important items I think I have in my world. <laughs> so you feel that you will still call Maryland home for quite a while. You're yeah. 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 I mean, my family's there and I'm, I'm a big old family girl. I'm, I and then you just like, you know, if I work takes me out, go travel, but then yeah. I'll still come back to Maryland. Yeah. So I think the current idea is that it's kind of seasonally, which feels good, you know, um, kind of be around in the so that in this case I'm half and half with travel in the spring and summer and then in the fall hopefully New Zealand and then come back for the holidays for a little bit and then hopefully be up in New Hampshire for ice and then come back for the spring so that seems to be working really well for me awesome. uh, just treating it moving with the seasons and I'm excited that you were talking about that you eventually want to get your pen and well do you because I think in United States right now, I don't know how many women have the pen. Probably have to ask AMG for the exact yeah. number. We were chatting that I know that you, we probably think there's like what twenty 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 now. I think because a couple of years ago it said fifteen, and then you said Mia got Mia 16. was the sixteenth, and I don't know after her how many. So um, hopefully it's already in the tw- hopefully I'll be twenty something, right? <laughs> so or more. So in traditionally, I don't know that many women. Um, so, but now I feel like I can see more and more. And do you have other um, female friends that also like trying to pursue the same goal that you're hanging out with? Um, I do. I have friends who are definitely going for their rock for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I I'm just kind of trying to gauge how many are there. I know it, that's what yeah. I've been trying to do too. It seems yeah. like. At first, I, like when I for a long time, I thought there was zero, which is of course not true, and been my bias. But because I never met another female ice guide in all my years of doing that. And wait a second, so um, when you post your question on the forum mm-hmm. or Facebook group, these any women reach out say, "Hey, you know, I'm not a guy, uh, for a guy yet, but I want to reach out because I'm also sharing the same goal." Yeah. So like Lindsay. Okay. Lindsay. Yeah. Ham. Yeah, Lucy Ham, yeah. Yeah, I was so sad we weren't able to connect, connect yesterday because of the weather. But, so you haven't met her? But I haven't met her yet. Okay. Um, but she was wonderful and offered mentorship, uh, which I was like, yes, please. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I know through Dale, Dale mentioned a couple of, like, females with their pins. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, trying to trying to figure that out. I'd love to know. Mm-hmm. I'd um, love to know, too. Maybe I should ask. Dale to yeah, you. I guess maybe we could just ask them. Another reason, I, another thing I want to ask is I would, you know, I'm only, I'm on. Well, I should not say only. I'm a rock guide, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't, don't say only. That's, <laughs> right. real, that's still a lot of hard work. <laughs> but then I don't plan to. I can't ski, so I'm not planning on anything more than that. But I was wondering whether it's possible for me to teach rock guide course eventually. Oh, that would be so cool yeah. to kind of be in that instructor role, which. I think is a fulfilling and at least is a different de- kind of demand than necessarily like those long multi-pitch days back, you know, I mean, on the it, body. It, I guess it can also be. <laughs> I It's like I just bump into, um, last fall, I bumped into, uh, well, all women rock at course. And then the instructor team that was a man. So then I was just like, how come it's like, I'm, Not I'm a, nothing yeah. against men, but then I was just like, I thought it's an old woman course, but they say they don't have enough staff. Oh, okay. And then the, the definitely there's enough uh, women in the IT team, but it's not like you can always 
have the same schedule on them. Yeah, right? I mean, because right. so, that's a scheduling issue, maybe right. more than anything. Because yeah. maybe the, there are guides, but they either had other gigs, or exactly. maybe they were having a life. God mm-hmm. forbid. <laughs> yeah. So I just like. Well, maybe we just need more. Yeah, just more. I think would be the solution because then you have more. You know, I guess people to pull from to teach those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious about that. I guess I. I'd be happy to. Have I you need as a to teach in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> I can't teach right. I'm not trained as a instructor. An instructor team, but I'm just very curious. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I. It's been fun to like diving deeper into specifically the AMGA. Um, the, the, like the last couple months really getting a better understanding of who the staff are and I mean even just watching those videos that you have access to oh you mean the uh the mountain skill yeah there's the free mm-hmm. one and then there's the the paid one and yes. like even just there I felt like I had a better idea of who these people are um yeah it's just it's so cool and I like really like partnering with uh like the Nem- Yamnuska guides in Banff just mm-hmm. hearing more about um like how the Canadians approach something similar and I mean it's it's not too dissimilar but there were some differences and just discussing that oh it's just really cool to get more perspectives do you think that you keep contact with all the people reach out for you like you know once you progress later on your track I mean these people they answer your question say hey you know I'm like willing to talk I would yeah I I just I think when those situations, I try to be grateful, and then I just try to pay, like pass it along. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the climbing community is pretty great at that. You know, yeah. but it could be as simple in the gym, like you learned how to lead climb, so you teach your friend how to lead climb. I think it's a pat. I love teaching right. and mentoring, so that's where coaching comes in mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, I know that's a passion of mine, and I would love to take it that direction one day. I love teaching. Um, we had a similar equivalent of like the SPI program for our, our summer camp that we had with the state of Maryland. And I love teaching that one. And it's just, it's really fulfilling because then you see their progression and where they go. And then they turn around and teach other people. And it's just, that's the way I think it should work. <laughs> so how, I mean, you've been coaching for how many years? I think about 10 now. 10 years. Yeah. All right. Wow, that's a long time. Maybe slightly shy of that. And um, how about guiding? It's been about seven or eight years now. Well, okay. So it's like more than I thought. I was just thinking about maybe you are like, because you, you're talking about all these questions and I thought that you were early on your guide track, but uh, you're actually already kind of I'm, in. I think I just didn't, I wasn't ready to commit the financial or I to see. the like AMG courses, um, but I'd done certain amounts before the scope of practice and everything that you know so you have a lot of climbing experience already but then yeah maybe not on the the formal training in terms of amga courses and exams but what's nice is then like i can easily fill out the resume and be like here you go nice which is nice interesting so because let me think one two three four the fifth episode i think it is with mia oh yeah (laughs) yeah and she she started guiding very early too, but then she didn't think about pursuing the ping until very, 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 very later. Mm-hmm. So she has already had tons of experience before that she pursued the ping. And I was wondering why why didn't she start earlier? I mean, she could. She could. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of like need. So mm-hmm. like I only have my... SBI currently, but that's all I really needed to guide the things I've been guiding. 
Um, and then the other stuff I did um, kind of more personally on my own because it's what I wanted and or weird state loophole things, you know, always following the rules. But <laughs> I mean, of course, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if I can, I'll find those and pay less tax, right? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Um, but it's when I, you know, um, how I used to be able to guide ice, but then they shifted things. So now going for like the alpine like ice courses and stuff. Uh, because I do love guiding ice. Um, so when I saw the need for it and the fact that I'm now traveling and the fact that I want to start guiding because I'll be in areas where I can guide, you know, outside of just like the East Coast single pitch, you know, because that was great for like the New River Gorge and Great Falls and Carter Rock and stuff locally that I was mainly doing for a long time. Um, now I want to do bigger stuff. <laughs> I see. So I, I think that's a good evaluation about the needs mm-hmm. right because if you don't need that why do you want to pay that much investment right especially so. especially like the SBI that you know you just renew over three years it's just like yeah and I think there's many people who I know locally who have just their SBI who could easily be higher up if they had a need or a desire so I think it's the need and financial I think are usually the two considerations I think at least that I had mm-hmm going into things so like people uh ask me about because i think there are more and more people want to be a guide and um, a lot of them start with a single pitch instructor which is a great place to yeah, start it gives a good foundation and it really lends itself to the the line of education that the amg mm-hmm. has developed and then when they ask how to start us um, i don't know what do you think like if somebody approached you it's like oh i want to be a guy like you what's your idea um that actually happens quite often mm, and okay. i usually say i try to be both positive and encouraging but also realistic um because i think that's the best thing you can give to a person so i say i love it which is absolutely true um it is hard work which is true <laughs> Um, I would say that like the AMG SPI is great or even hiring a guide and going out with them can be sometimes if depending on their financial situation, you know, just like asking them a lot of questions and seeing it, see the whole thing in action and basically putting yourself in their place can be a great way to, and you can like literally pepper them with questions. I've certainly had people pepper me with questions while I'm guiding them. Um, and then I think the side of it that it is hard um that it is less stable income it's not it's not guaranteed income the same way that you know working at a company and having a salary (laughs) the salary paycheck rolling in you don't really have the benefits you don't have the 401k necessarily although i would love for those things to change um at one point or another um so it's just knowing that and being okay with kind of chaos I feel <laughs> the chaos of not necessarily knowing when or where the next job will be, the chaos of the weather conditions, and oh my gosh, the climate change. It's wild out here right now. I know you're saying I mean, in bed rocks. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, and the climate change, I always joke that, you know, nobody should keep climbing ice. I mean, maybe they're gone. I know. Be gone. Or glaciers, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, seeing the glacier melt is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's so many things we can't control and just knowing that that can affect you at any point and and just being adaptable, really. And then I always, I, I would, I like having other options besides just guiding. Cause like when I got injured, 
for instance, I couldn't guide, so I was really grateful I had other things like bartending or modeling or other or even just like coaching or sitting at the desk by the front gym, uh, you know, True. stuff like that to fall back on. Yeah, I, I want to find a job that I can work from home. <laughs> just like not have all your eggs in one basket in True. case something happens. Just or even just having a plan in case something like an injury or weather uh-huh. or something. So we need to play our insurance agent. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is, oh my gosh, it's so fun and rewarding. Yeah, I mean, and a day out on the rock, I, I just, I, you're dirty and sweaty, but like smiling from what, ear to ear. I know it's, the, it's rewarding and fun, but can you elaborate? Like, why is it so fun and rewarding? I think, uh, ooh, wow, putting words to this. Right, because I think people want to know. Yeah, I mean, like, just why is not it so fun? fun? Yeah. I think to me, I see it as, a test piece to all of the work I put in until that day. Um, because obviously, you know, climbing is amazing, but it is inherently dangerous. And I know many people in my life who have passed away. Uh, and I'm sure you have. Um, and, and even the community, you always know someone, you know, or there's the next yeah, article, right? So it is very real, the risk we're taking on. And we're bringing other people with us. Yeah, that are not as experienced, right? Um, Who may not know hardly anything about what they're getting into. And the, not only the the weight of taking care of yourself in a dangerous situation, but being responsible for others is one I don't take lightly and why I really appreciate, (laughs) um, you know, programs like the MGA and, um, you know, just to make sure that I'm, having the best knowledge I can and the best decision-making, the best equipment, the right things in my med kit, you know, to, to respond to anything that can happen. Of course, there's acts of gods, like if a rock face falls off or <laughs> lightning well, strikes in, or... That's in the waiver. We can't... Right, yeah, like, sorry, you signed the waiver. Um, but I feel like there's so much we can control and mitigate, right? And it's all about, you know, mitigating risks. It's all the decision you made leading up to getting on the rock that matter just as much as what you make on the rock. And I think that makes me feel very present. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think I also love being able to teach that to others um, so that they can be safe out there, as safe as they can be, right? This is like a very sophisticated <laughs> answer that I guess I won't necessarily equate that with fun. But I think that is so rewarding. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, at the... I will equate that with rewarding. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I mean, the fun is like... you'll. Uh, no, I'm not you're... trying to change your answer. I'm just like, it was out of my... Um, oh, yeah, wasn't what you are expecting? But yes. Oh, okay, but I think that's why I love it and why I feel it's rewarding and important and mm-hmm. why I love what I do, what I do, because I feel like... Climbing it has such a good, I mean, if they want to do it, I can help them do it as safely as possible um, so that I can keep climbing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I feel like it's a great lessons for life. Like, when you fall, you get back up. Or how you overcome adversity. And that grit, like, trying their project hundreds of times before that success is worth it. And I feel like I those are know, great lessons. I don't know, hundred times might not be worth <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's also what, okay. what your goals and decisions, right? right? Um, but I think it's just, I feel like outside of just showing people the wonder of nature and that it's important to protect and then how to, you know, climb safely and in a 
way that's respectful to the land and people around us, for sure, all important. Um, but also just like how what they take from the rock to their daily lives. Once again, kind of believing I could slowly change the world that way for the better. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and how about, so you were talking about, well, when you answer questions like, it's fun, rewarding. That's the positive side. You say, but it's also hard. What's the hard? I part? think the hard, the hard is sometimes it's isolating. Isolating. Um, in the way that I, when I'm traveling, there's a lot of time where I'm just kind of by myself, or like it's, mm. you know, and it's or just you and the clients out on the rock. Um, and then I think the unstable income is a pretty big stressor. Not necessarily knowing, because I've had. Like this winter, I had, uh, you know, I was going to be a snowboard instructor, but then I was just sick for the whole time, and and then I wasn't able to get a paycheck because I was sick and I couldn't work. Right, the whole time. Enjoying sickness. So you're just like, well, dang. (laughs) (laughs) So even if you have things planned out, it may not work out. It's not a guaranteed income at any point, and that can be its own stressor. And then you kind of, at least I always feel like I have an, an extra job of finding the next job, mm-hmm um which is just mental energy and time and work you know and and i know that every i respect any job in any field they, there's always you know pros and cons but i think those are the main ones like the risk of injury how it affects like your own personal climbing um the financial insecurity that is possible um yeah those are usually the things i like to be transparent about mm-hmm so we pull out a piece of shears at pros. Yeah, pros, cons. <laughs> yeah, and that all depends on what that person wants to do. And yeah, that's their goals and their motivation, which is, I think, almost more important than the goals. Why do you want to be a guide? Mm-hmm. If it is it so you can climb as much as possible? I don't know if that'll be a good, <laughs> you know? Uh, maybe that that's that's not the right role for you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, or maybe it is, yeah. right? I don't know. I mean, certainly, like in my peak season, I certainly climb a lot, but it's not the thing. But it's I not necessarily what you want to be climbing, necessarily. Right. Or so, like once again, those are the trade offs. Mm-hmm, and are you okay mm-hmm. with that? Definitely. Yeah. And then I certainly would say that if you just like, oh, isn't it cool to be paid doing what you like to do? I say no. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a very good way to think about that. Yeah. I mean, but at at this point, I don't think there's anything else I want to be doing. You know, I yeah. I do see, like, I would I would also be pretty happy if I went back to full-time coaching, if that's mm-hmm. where my life takes me. Or I've also been slowly taking, like, uh, prereqs to go to mm-hmm. physical therapy mm-hmm. um, school to maybe be a PT or PTA or something. Um, like, it's always nice to have options, is what I've learned. <laughs> and I, I know, see. I think everybody learned that in 2020, that <laughs> you can have plans, but they don't always go the way you expect. Um, True though, because I mean, as a guide, you always make decisions. That's right. You're juggling with like different options and you evaluate. Yeah, because yeah. you, mm-hmm. you have plan A is this, and then mm-hmm. B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> All right, Red Rock snows again. Yeah, where are we going to go? Are we going to hit up the limestone <laughs> caves because the rain? Mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't work. Uh... <laughs> True. I mean, it's nice to have options for sure. And then, right as you keep going on your life, you might change your goal. Who knows? Yeah, and I think. That's, you know, being able to change and adapt to, to new information is, I mean, science does it. So why it works for science works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. So what's your next um, after? So you, you're flying back t- mm-hmm. today. So what's your next, um, the next goal or trip or the next, job? 
the next um, trip I'm excited about is going to Colorado for uh, a while at the end of April. And for wait part- a second, hold on. So you oh, right now it's the beginning of April. So yeah. you're going back to Baltimore for a yeah, bit. maybe Baltimore for about a week and a half. Then I'll have a trip through Utah. That's more hiking, backpacking uh, through national parks. And then I'll be in Colorado visiting friends. Hopefully. Hello. Getting getting more uh, tall stuff done, and then uh, be at the the We Send Festival for the She Send Collective at the uh, Corrado. Is it mm, okay? The shelf, yeah. I think, is where we're at for that. Wow, that made me wonder how many days you stay at home then. It's uh, a little less than fifty fifty, I think. At I this see. Point. So you travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, traveling can get tiring too, huh? But it's also really fun. It is really fun. <laughs> So I guess, I guess that's why you are in your thirties. I'm in my forties. Yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how I'm doing a decade from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's working for right now, and I think that's you know ch- ch- kind of chasing the psych you have. And then if ever it's not fun, I have the next options. Oh. And I mean, like I'll be staying put for a while in the fall, in the winter, and that'll be nice. Kind of mm-hmm. be able to put down roots. Yeah. So uh, if people want to reach out to you for. Yeah, how can you tell me how should I find mentors, or can you mentor me, or can we go climb together? How should people find you? Um, I'm on all social medias, Instagram, uh, Facebook as Cat McKittens. Um, and then... Uh, Whoa, wait, wait a second. So when I publish a podcast, should I use Cat McKittens or your real name? I'm fine if you put Cat yeah. McKittens. That'd okay. be great. I would love that. <laughs> so it's Cat with a K, K-A-T, and then M-C-K-I-T-T-N-S. And then hopefully I've been slowly working. Meow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I do respond to that instead of my name. Uh, I was Pavlovinly trained by the kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then hopefully I'll have a blog called Queen of the Mountains. Queen and, of the Mountains. Um, which will hopefully Great. be um, all set up in uh, hopefully a little while. Because um, I've been slowly working on that. Nice. Building, building websites are not my strong suit, so we'll see. <laughs> But I like writing, and I just thought that could be a cool resource for people if they're interested in what I have to say at all. Well, hopefully um, you get your spa on the Rock Guy course. Oh, oh my gosh, I really want it. <laughs> and it's going to announce pretty soon, right? It's going, um, I think at the announced. end of this month, is, if okay. I remember correctly, because right. I'm sure they have a lot to review. So, yeah, hopefully I'll see you back here in October. Hopefully. I love that. <laughs> Hey, and thank you so much for coming out. Thank um, you for hosting your me. Way to, yeah. Any last words that you want to tell oh. the aspiring female guides or whatever who you think they might be listening? I guess. Oh, hi, mom here. Yeah. Well, hi, mom. I love you. <laughs> um, but also, uh, yeah, don't don't get in your own way. If you want it, don't don't let you know self doubt or imposter syndrome stop you from trying for what you really want. Awesome. Thank you very much. Of course. Happy sending, everybody. (laughs) 